Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we look at the crisis in the Eurozone. The standoff between Greece and its creditors shows no sign of resolution – And talk of Grexit, that is, Greece leaving the euro, is getting louder. So how is all this likely to play out? Joining me in the studios are economics correspondent Fernando Giuliano. And on the line from Berlin, where many of the key decisions will be made, is our correspondent there, Stefan Wagstall. Fernando, first, looking at over the last few days, we're talking now on on Wednesday, the language is getting more and more uncompromising on both sides. Do you think in the end they will actually work out a deal that sorts out some new program for Greece and keeps Greece in the euro? I think it's, in a sense, no surprise that the language has been uh, very confrontational at the start. After all, this is a negotiation and both sides need to show to the other that they're really credible, that they mean business, that they are not prepared to give up. So I think from that point of view, especially the strong language at the beginning was to be expected. And if you look at it, I think there is still room for a deal in theory. I mean, you can still imagine a situation where, in principle, people have really talked tough, but then they have been prepared to make some concessions along the way. You've seen some of that with, for example, Greece initially asking for a reduction of the face value of debt, i.e. we will not pay back the amount you're asking for, and then eventually saying, well, actually, we would be happy for a reprofiling of the debt. On the primary surplus, there have been some concessions with initially Syriza saying we are not going to run any sort of primary surplus, i.e. we are going to spend a lot more money than you actually want as a government, and now coming a little bit closer. But I think what's really worrying is that the two sides are starting to, well, probably they've never liked each other, and now they like each other even less. The tone is very confrontational, it's very acrimonious, and if you want to strike a deal with someone, you probably you know, you need to be talking some kind of similar language. And I think here the two sides are not just looking distant, but they're looking like they can't stand each other. They don't like each other. They don't want to talk to each other. Ultimately, I think it will really boil down to whether any of the two sides think it can afford Greece leaving the euro. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But um, Stefan, Fernando mentions the mood, the sense that both sides don't like each other. And obviously, the key players on the creditor side are Germany. Um, How much anger is there towards Greece in Germany? There's obviously quite a lot of anger towards Germany and Greece. There's a lot, and it's on multiple levels. First of all, it's personal. Chancellor Merkel is offended that the new prime minister didn't find time to um, come and see her in some way in the days since his election. They will meet at the European summit, but that's not really how you go about getting to know your biggest creditor. Similarly, Wolfgang Schäuble was annoyed that it was only at the last minute that he was included in Mr. Varoufakis's European tour. In the end, they did meet, but the meeting was pretty tough and acrimonious. 
There's also anger at the political level, which is that German voters are very strongly against giving what they see as a feckless country even more of their hard-earned and hard-saved money. And whatever Angela Merkel and Wolfgang Schäuble choose to do, they do it in that context. It's also worth remembering that most changes to the program and the financing have to go through the Bundestag, through the German parliament. So there's only limited room in finessing things. That all said, if you ask German officials whether they want to see Greece leave the Eurozone, the answer is, of course, not. And they will do a lot to stop it. But as the Chancellor has hinted, it's not at any price. There is a price at which, in the German view, it's worth letting Greece go. We don't know what that is. We don't know how quickly we'll find out. But it's there. It's a possibility. And Ferdinando, how is this playing in the rest of Europe? Because I think the initial Greek calculations must have been that there's a lot of countries that are fed up with austerity. There are a lot of countries that owe a lot of money that they dread the prospect of having to pay off. And yet the Greeks don't seem to be getting this rallying effect amongst the Spanish, Portuguese, Italians, Irish. Well, in principle, one could have seen, for example, the Socialists, the Social Democrat Party throughout Europe, looking at Syriza with some sort of hope. Finally, there is you know, a player which is willing to really help us in our fight against the German austerity, but also, in a way, the kind of centre-right austerity programmes which the centre-left has always struggled, in a way, to confront and uh, change. But actually, I think there is a deeper and more important dimension, or even actually more down to party politics. And that's the fact that the governments in the countries which could benefit, in theory, from forming a front with Syriza, Portugal, Ireland and Spain in particular, are all confronting their populist or uh, heterodox parties. In Spain, it's Podemos, which some polls put as the most supported party at the moment. And there is an election just coming up in the autumn. So I think these governments in particular, so the, the Spanish governments, do not want to see Germany compromising in any way with Syriza because that could show to the electorate in Spain that the line which Podemos and Syriza are advocating is way more successful than the one the popular party in Spain or in fact all mainstream parties in in these countries have been following which is really well okay this is going to be tough but it's the only real uh, possibility we have to swallow austerity and eventually we'll manage to get to a better future. Now, if Syriza wins major concessions, is really against this narrative which they've been presenting to their electorate. And so they fear that this would be a really strong boost to parties like Podemos. So for that reason, there's not that much incentive to compromise on the uh, Eurozone side very hardline rhetoric coming out of Athens, which must mean that there's a chance that there won't be an agreement. Fernando, could you just outline for us, I mean, how would this unfold? How quickly could things go wrong in the sense of Greece actually having to leave? What would be the landmarks one should look out for? Well, I think, I mean, exit from the euro is something which is not even contemplated in the treaties. And it's something which we know very, very little about. The route which most people assume euro exit will happen through is via the ECB deciding that is not willing to fund or help the Greek banks anymore. And then at that stage, 
the only way for uh, Greece to help its banks pay back its depositors, which would immediately go and try and withdraw their money, would be by printing another currency because they can't access euro financing anymore. And so by printing new drachmas or however you want to call them, then you will end up with either parallel circulations of currencies or with just a withdrawal of Greece from the euro. So that could be a kind of quite a, a sudden process. But of course, that really depends on what the ECB decides to do. And cutting off Greek banks from the emergency liquidity assistance, which it is providing at the moment, would be a hugely political step and one which the ECB is not really prepared to take. Okay, but Stefan, I mean, it is something that's increasingly looking, at least as a possibility, if Greece is not, as they say, in a programme, if it doesn't come to a new deal. Because as I understand it, the ECB can only lend to countries that are in programmes. So you mentioned earlier that the Germans don't want Greece to leave the euro, but they might be prepared to accept it under certain circumstances. What do you think the current perception of risk in Germany is of Grexit, of Greece leaving the euro? Well, the problem with Grexit is that nobody really knows how it would work or what would happen. There could be a Grexit under agreed terms of some form yet to be decided. More likely, it could happen in a hell of a hurry and people get scared, politicians get scared, the markets get scared, and then it becomes unpredictable. Now, the German finance minister's calculation is that the eurozone as a whole is a much better place to weather that storm than it was three or four years ago. So Greece's capacity to, as the Germans put it, to blackmail Berlin has shrunk. Has it shrunk to zero? No. There's also the political calculation, and Angela Merkel is nothing if not political, is the impact on the other vulnerable economies of the eurozone. Yes, a shock could disturb them, and perhaps very seriously. On the other hand, Greece leaving might stiffen the resolve of those governments to implement the sort of reforms that that Germany wants them and to stick to those reforms. In the case of those countries, Ireland and Portugal come to mind, that have, in the German view, done very well. And Ferdinando, talk us through the economics of Grexit from Greece's point of view. In some ways, they long term it might help. I mean, they, they could devalue their currency, so they'd regain a bit of competitiveness. Presumably, they could repudiate their debt. But short term, it sounds like chaos. Well, I think that the truth is, in the long run, we don't really know. But there are reasons to think it won't be as helpful as some people assume. But in the short run, for sure, it will be chaotic. I mean, first of all, you're creating a currency whose sole purpose essentially is devaluing. So it's not a political statement in any way. It's clearly an economic statement. I want this currency to devalue. Now, who wants who wants to hold that currency? Well, at the beginning, not very many people will want to hold it, which means that it will sharply depreciate. Once the country defaults, because it will have to default on pretty much all of its obligations, because it would have to repay them with a steeply devalued currency, well, the question becomes who will want to lend to the Greek government again, not to mention then the turbulence. Obviously, investors will pull out of Greece or will not look at Greece as a viable investment destination for a while because there is too much uncertainty. So I think over the short run, it would be very, very chaotic and Greece would have to apply, ironically, I think, for some sort of help, perhaps just from the International Monetary Fund, which at the moment is one of the creditors Greece owes money to. So this is incredibly complicated. Over the long run, well, it really depends on what you believe the power of devaluation is. 
Now, what does Greece exports? Greece exports tourism mainly. There are some goods which it does, but actually it's not an exporting economy in the way as, say, Germany or Italy are. So I think the benefits will be small. And at the same time, you will have the depreciation feeding into inflation, which will obviously bite into internal demand and uh, you know consumers will find it very hard to buy goods. So I think even in the long run, although the uncertainty is huge there, one can't really expect the Greek economy to recover quickly or uh, bounce back sharply. But presumably, I mean, Syriza, they've got proper economists in their team. They must know all this. They can't seriously want to take the risk that they'll be out of the euro, then, if that's the future that lies for them. I think there is, at a rational level or at a conventional level, one would say that, yes, you don't want to be the party taking your country on the path to the unknown. And, you know, it's a historic gamble, one which could really go badly. And I think, you know, the politicians in Syriza must know that. At the other level, however, I mean, there is another dimension, which is the one of perhaps which more radical intellectuals, some of which are in the Syriza party, may think that this is a kind of project which has failed, uh, is doomed anyway, and is only going to impose more suffering on people. So they're going to show to the rest of the Eurozone, they're going to teach the rest of the Eurozone a lesson and show that there is another path and that even though there is some uncertainty at the beginning, then you can eventually introduce something closer perhaps to socialism in one country, which you know we know that other left-wing intellectuals have thought this is a viable option. So perhaps there is someone in the Syriza movement who thinks this is really possible. Okay, well, Stefan, to finish then, Ferdinando has given us a kind of insight into what the intellectual climate in Greece is or might be. Tell us a bit about how you think, in the broader picture, Germany is thinking about this. I mean, it always used to be a cliche that Germany's commitment to Europe was the strongest of any nation in the EU, that it would do, in the famous words of Mario Draghi, whatever it takes to keep the European project going. Is that something one can still take for granted? Perhaps a bit less so, but that's because Europe has become more integrated, and we're now looking at some of the problems created by that integration A good example is Wolfgang Schäuble. Nobody has been more integrationist, even federalist, than he. But he's now staring in the face some of the problems of that closeness. Ideally, he'd like to get over the hump. The Germans have plans for strengthening Eurozone institutions, even, at least in a hypothetical sense, to the level of changing European treaties in that direction, although nobody expects that anytime soon. So that commitment to European integration remains, But the awareness of the problems in these very difficult financial and economic times that we've had over the last couple of years, the awareness of those problems is now very much to the fore. Okay, Stefan Wagstel in Berlin and Ferdinando Giuliano here in London. Thanks to you both very much. I'm sure this is a topic we'll return to in the coming weeks. But for now, that's it. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.